Hi, thank you very much for tuning in to BIP Chat. And uh, first of all, I want to tell you a little bit about it and introduce myself. I'm Penny Power. And my whole intention in life and business is to bring uh, love and connections. Those are really important things to me. And I believe very much in love and business, which is all around the values that people have. And there is no doubt, yeah, there is a plethora of experts out there. And when you're looking for a supplier, it can be quite hard to find A, the person that's got the credibility and the expertise, but B, has the values that you know will really deepen and, and uh, help the quality of your organization by them working with you. So BipChat is brought to you by us, Thomas and Penny Power. We are the founders of BIP100, which is Business is Personal 100. And within Business is Personal 100, the community, we will never have more than 100 experts. And those experts get to know one another very deeply, work with one another, collaborate and support each other, both emotionally and in helping them find each other's clients and, and work with one another. And we do these chats because we know how hard it is, having been entrepreneurs ourselves for the last 40 years, we know how hard it is to find great suppliers. And we want to inspire you, get you to register the name of these people, and hopefully do some work with them so that it can help you. And today we're talking about marketing. And I'm very excited to bring Carolyn Boddington to you. How Thomas and I, Thomas and I, have known Carolyn for definitely about over 25 years. Because I know that because I know how little our children were when we first got to know each other in business. Great. And we worked together on a really exciting project, which was actually about putting computers into the home. And then Carolyn actually worked, went into the e-commerce world, and worked in a, a very successful company. That, that floated on the on the market during that whole dot-com boom and actually was the first person to sponsor Academy. And some of you will know Thomas and I through Academy, the first social network for business that was created. So we know Carolyn very well and we have worked with Carolyn and we know many, many people who have also had Carolyn as a supplier and as a support to their business. So Carolyn, wonderful to, to talk to you today. Oh, now, uh, Carolyn and I have talked about what would be the most exciting things that would give you the most value to, to learn today in this sort of next 30 minutes or so. And Carolyn is a real, a really deep expert in marketing. Um, and that comes from traditional marketing all the way through the, the, the way that the Internet and our mindsets and marketing trends have changed and this is what I love about Carolyn. So we're going to have three real key conversations here. Obviously, I'm going to, first of all, get you to know Carolyn a little bit more and let her say some words, which is quite important. But then we're going to look into a few things. The first one that I love is Carolyn will talk about how you need to stop having random acts of marketing, random acts of marketing. And I think when Carolyn first said that to me, I resonated with that very much. In the world that we're in today, we sort of see an idea and want to do it straight away and not necessarily very clever for your own business. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about how important it is to get a clear message across and how Carolyn helps people to get, to get their clear message across. And I think we all know, in fact, I had a conversation with somebody today on email that uh, asked me to have a look at a LinkedIn post and I did. And I said, I just don't understand you. And I've looked at your LinkedIn and I still don't understand you. I don't understand what you do, what your purpose is. I don't understand you. In fact, I really should send them across to you, Carolyn. Yes, and the third thing 
that I think is really very powerful is Carolyn's role also as an as a fractional CMO, fractional chief marketing officer. And we're going to look into that and how that can really help your business, particularly if you're in a you know in a small founding scale up stage and you're not necessarily wanting to employ uh, somebody as experienced as Carolyn full time. Um, so those are what you're going to hear. So keep tuned in with us because there isn't a single business out there that isn't going to find this relevant. And I hope that we can give you a lot of inspiration. So, Carolyn, thank you for letting me talk. And I said it very fast because I really wanted to get to you as quickly as possible. Oh. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey. I know I've shared a little bit, but you know why marketing is such an important passion for you and what you have done. Well, I fell into it, you know, very early doors, um, decided that I wasn't cut out for sales and I wanted something with, with, which was a little bit more longer term, I guess, as opposed to just being very target driven. And although marketing is target driven, I feel much more like a farmer as opposed to, you know, somebody who's going out to harvest and, and gather. Um, I, I started off working always in the high tech and IT software side of things. As you touched on, you know, ended up being senior vice president of global marketing for an e-commerce company that went and floated on stock exchange. And then from there, really started working in consulting, you know, came out of the corporate world and worked for myself. I had a young family, so it made sense. And then I got involved in some really interesting projects. You know, the great thing about consulting is you meet some very interesting people who've got some fabulous ideas. And to be able to help them take those ideas to market was really quite satisfying. Yeah. So I'm interesting people on the way. And also marketing's changed. You know, we've gone from, I mean, it's always evolving. It's always changing. There's always new techniques and tactics. But I think, you know, online really took off. And certainly when 2020 hit, when the pandemic hit, a lot of businesses who were not online really suffered. Some of them were able to adapt and create, you know, digital strategies that have really made a massive difference to their businesses. And others have fallen by the wayside. Um, the ones that did grasp it have done well. And it's been quite exciting to be on that learning curve with them and to find the experts in those fields and to sort of stay ahead with the tactics that they're suggesting so that everybody has a healthy, growing business. And, you know, I I started in the IT sector when I was 19 and I was, I'm very much a salesperson, relationship builder. That is my that's my skill. But I was ended up being made sales and marketing director of a fairly significant company. It did about 80 million pounds. And I didn't really have a clue about marketing. And I don't think I did a particularly good job. Uh, and we did bring in an agency. And what is it that what is the flair? What is the why marketing for you? What is it that makes you sort of love this subject, but also, you know, get the results for the clients that I've, I've witnessed? Uh, I guess it's just. I mean, I think let's just touch on that random stuff. You know, we, we touch on a little bit. I think so often people have great ideas and they just want to sort of spread themselves so thinly that they don't make an impact in any particular way. And I think my advice to people is that's where the randomness comes out of it. Like stop, you know, following the next shiny object and just sit down with somebody who knows what they're doing. And let's look at what you're trying to sell and who, who should be buying it and who you should be talking to and look at what's the best way of communicating with them. And, you know, it could be that we pull up some of the digital channels. You know, if you've got an e-commerce brand, if you've got a B2C sort of um, product, then that could work. But if you're in a business to business arena, 
there are probably a couple of social channels that may not be the right place for you to be focusing your time, attention and resources on. And so I think that's the thing. It's really just making sure that if you're going to put out a message, you do it in a campaign driven way and you put all the right resources behind that one campaign so that you don't confuse your customers. You're just talking about that one thing. And I know we've all got, you know, suites of products and all sorts of things that we can do. But I think you've got to sort of think about it from the customer's point of view. And if every day you're putting something out and it's a different thing, then people aren't really going to understand what it is you do or what you stand for or how you can help them. And they have no idea what problems you solve because they're not paying enough attention to you to be able to work it out. And I think that is where the genius comes in, not necessarily for me, but from the companies that sort of take it on board is it's all about just keep it simple, you know, just work in a campaign driven way so that the customer's just getting re- the same messages reinforced over and over again. So they get a chance to catch up with where you're already at. Yeah, I love that. So I'm thinking, you know, you said B2C and I know you've just um, got this fabulous client that I'm very excited about. They do these right. rug things for babies, which I think is wonderful. So that's probably a clear strategy you've got there. Is it much harder to sort of tame a service-driven type people because when you've got a product I can see the focus must be much easier in a way but when it's service driven and people are selling their expertise or whatever that must be quite hard to tame their message I think it's not a necess- it's not necessarily about taming the message it's about trying to get them they can do all the things they can do so many different things mm-hmm. it's about reminding them about what the customer needs from them in any particular time You know, we know that they're incredibly skillful or they wouldn't have come up with these incredible products and services. But what we have to always remember is that we have to put ourselves in the customer's shoes and think, well, what are they struggling with at this precise moment? What do they need from us? And that's why it's always got to be just down that one particular message because we're talking to a specific customer, you know, what they and do you have do you feel that you just as much loved working with b2c as as and working with b2b yeah i do i think it's a, you know i think the digital world and all the digital strategy that we have brought them together more than they probably you know 20 years ago i think that um you know there's a lot of crossover there's a lot of tactical news for both um, and again, it just comes back to picking the right tactics for the right business. You know, it could be that your B2C might have a strategy that goes down the Instagram, TikTok, but probably wouldn't necessarily analyze that for a B2B strategy, perhaps, it, but not necessarily TikTok. It just, you know, it's so personal. And I think that's the thing that it's not that you can create one strategy for a company and it's good for everybody. Every company is so different. And they need to have those little nuances that's personal to them, you know, that sort of just speaks to why they're a little bit different and how they do things and culturally how they are within their organisations, how they want to be perceived as well. Yeah, yeah, and I really get that because I suppose there is what is their brand and their beliefs and their mission and all of that stuff. It's very personal. How do they want to be seen in the marketplace? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. So these um, stop these random acts of marketing, which I think when you first said that, that made me sort of, it almost made me sit back and breathe because you know, modern marketing 
is it is just chaotic isn't it, it's, it and do you find when clients come to you they've created quite a chaotic oh, overwhelming yeah. life for themselves in their marketing world I think they feel like they've got to be everywhere all the time mm. and they're running themselves ragged so they're probably not doing the best job they could with the resources that they have and I think as you know I've heard it so many times like my friend has got this product or my friend has got this business and they've created this fantastic thing on TikTok and you just think well, that's fabulous for them, but uh, you don't need to be there. You know, I think for yeah. you, you need to be in, you know, spending your time on LinkedIn, perhaps if it was a business to business client. Yeah. And I think, yeah, if- and, and, and I suppose it's capacity. If, I, if we stripped out the internet, we used to have the television, billboards, newspapers, radio stations, and, you know, we had different channels there, which I know those still exist as well. But the difference with those is price kept us out of a lot of those. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of us didn't, we didn't even entertain television because we didn't have the marketing budgets for TV and nor were we in the sort of the business to consumer marketplace. Mm-hmm. When I remember that the very first time I ever saw something was a database company, it was called Sybase, and they were sponsoring the tennis out in America. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's a, a business to business thing. How interesting that they're there. And I think we see it so much now in the digital world was we remember that everybody's a person. They have a life outside of their job. And of course, they're going to be thinking about, you know, different tools that they can use for work when they're out in their social environments, like watching the tennis. But it was, a, I remember it was a massive crossover. It was just that point at which you think, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's an area that's open to us that we perhaps haven't thought about before. We've been very silent. Um, the other thing I think working with an expert like yourself is there's so much smoke and mirrors now. It's very difficult to know what to trust. And, you know, you can go to a, you know, somebody who says they'll help you with your Google adverts or your SEO and all of these things. And I, I had money swallowed up by people that weren't skilled and made no impact. So, you know, having done this for as long as you do, I know that you're an amazing networker. You have you must have associates where they are your trusted people and you've already known that they've got results. Absolutely. And that's how we use the marketing engine. It's, you know, that's the implementation side where I can pull together the right sort of experts for whatever the client needs. And at the moment, we're pulling together a fantastic influencer, a lady who's fabulous at building influencer campaigns, because that's what we're going to need for a certain client. And then another client, one of the um the team members that I'm pulling in to collaborate with, she's come from TV. You know, she's a networks, um, Netflix, massive producer of some really big shows. And she's going to help one of the clients, you know, get on big stages. She's going to sort of help train them and show them, you know, the, how to create a presence in order to grow their business, because that's the sort of area that they're in. So I think that having trusted people in your network is so key and also protecting the budgets and the resources that the clients have is absolutely fundamental really yeah yeah that's um yeah i mean i think the whole lead generation world has gone crazy when i look at i mean i i'm really kind to them but i look at my inbox every day and my messages on linkedin I would say 80% of messages that i get that are cold are people from lead generation agencies trying to help you and I can see how people could just be pouring money down the drain with all these different ideas that are coming to people but it's not joined up and so huge huge value so before we get on to that because I really want to have a bit of chat about this fractional CMO role because I can see 
you know, particularly for you working with founder led businesses that have, you know, they've got their funding. That is that's really interesting. But before we do that, I know a really big starting point for you that is like your hot button of passion (laughs) is for people to get the right message. And um, can you just share a little bit about that and maybe give a couple of the tips? But, um, <coughs> oh, excuse me, something's got dark my throat. No, we actually hired Carolyn to do a brilliant webinar for our members. And I just want to say at this point, if you are listening and you own a network or another community, business community, or you're within a company and you think, you know, we've got a few marketing people or graduates it's worth having a chat with Carolyn about this because she runs a brilliant webinar around this subject as well. So, yeah, t- t- tell me, tell us more about what you do to help people get the clarity of their message. Oh, thanks. Well, a few years ago, I became a story brand guide. And I don't know if you've come across story brand, but it was a book that was written by Donald Miller, creating a story brand, creating a story brand. And he came up with a seven part framework for creating messaging for business. And it's all around clarity and it's all around focusing on what problem you're solving for the customer. And I know I definitely saw it in my early days of marketing where we were producing messaging for marketing materials or trade stands or anything that we were doing. And it was all about how fantastic we were as a business, how, you know, our response time was great and this was great and that was great. And we never focused on really what the problem was that the customers were facing on a day-to-day basis. And that whole switch has been so fantastic to watch that once you start talking about the problem that you're solving for somebody, people start to really engage and listen to you. And that's really the the, the sort of the key thing around working with StoryBrand or working with the StoryBrand framework. So it's it's where I begin. And if you've got a company that maybe is just new, or even if you've been going for a while and you just feel like maybe the company's just tweaked a bit, or maybe the messaging's just not landing, it could be a good time to have another look at it. And just sort of bring yourself back away from perhaps the brand work. And I don't mean that in terms of brand messaging. I'm talking about, you know, all of the features and the functions of the product. And think about how you're helping the person who who's going to buy from you. You know, what problem are you solving for them? Um, with this, with the framework as well is what I love about it is that when you're working with the client and you take them through the different stages, they get so many aha moments that by the time you get to the end of it, they've really bought in and they understand why the message is the message. I, I don't know how many other marketing agents are out there looking at this, but in the past, whenever I've gone away and done some work from somebody, you know, done a lot of interviewing and I've spoken to all the people within the organization, I might've conducted some focus groups with customers and I've come back and I've presented, this is how I think you should be positioning yourselves and these are the messages you should be using. You sort of see a number of people in the room going, that's just not us. And you think it is, it really is, you know, because this is what the marketplace needs you to say about yourselves. This is why they're buying from you. And I think that's why I love that framework is that, you know, you're getting that sort of lovely, gentle walk through it um, with the customer. And I think the keynote that I delivered for you, what was great about it was just sort of showing from an umbrella perspective, all of the key components that you need to think about when you're building a message and when Mm -hmm. you're trying to get clear on the message. Yeah, because I know, you know, you talked about vision and mission and purpose and all this stuff that makes up a is how you 
really stir up your team as well, but also really helps the client to understand. So this clear message, it's not just about finding your strap line, is it? It's really helping the organization glue everything together. And and it was interesting yesterday, I did a, a, a talk to a relative, well, quite a very large company actually. And um, there were 110 leaders in the room of this organization come from 10 different offices around the world. And um, I, I use a tool to get feedback and the number one challenge they felt they had is that uh, they didn't have a shared vision. Mm. And this was a really established big company, mm-hmm. uh, but they didn't have a shared vision. Therefore they didn't have an understanding of the goals of the organization. So I, I suppose you must come across that a lot where people can't actually really state what their vision and the mission behind that is. No. And I think, and I think what, where it shows up is, you know, if you ask a number of different people in the organization, they can't really tell you what the message is and there's a lot of confusion. And when there's confusion, um, you know, people just don't buy from you because they don't really know what you're doing. And I think one of the things that you need to be very mindful of is, is that, you know, your competitors could have an inferior product, but if they're able to articulate very clearly how they help you, you're going to buy from them because you know what it's going to deliver. Um, it, and I think it is the great thing about sort of having, you know, go through the process as an organization is because when you come out of it, you can come out of it with um, a message that just works across all mediums, be it internal or external, you know, yeah. whether it's online or in hard print, whether it's in a keynote that you may be giving, it could be part of the sales scripts that you give to the salespeople you know, it's all there, you know, we can weave in all the different things and what success looks like for them and the problems that they're, you know, that you're solving for them. But at the end of the day, they come away really understanding how you can help them. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It it just seems so sort of basic, doesn't it? But it's, yeah. it's also, in, I find it incredibly hard to do that on your own when you're a founder. It is, it is, I even find it hard to do it for myself. You know, I yeah. mean, it's, it's a difficult one because we know so much. And also with our businesses, they've evolved. You know, they're not, you know, as we take on more information and more knowledge, you know, we we improve everything that we're delivering, don't we? And yeah. so, so, you know, the message that you might have started off with on day one, if you then look at where you're sitting now and everything that you've gathered and the knowledge that you've gathered and the expertise and the experience that you've gathered, it's you're in a kind of different place. So yeah, it's yeah. Not surprising that you need to have a look at what the message says. No, you're absolutely right. Because I'm thinking BIP 100 is three three days, three years old in October. And our sort of strap line was celebrating experts. But I'm thinking, no, that's not right now. Because whilst we do celebrate our experts, what we're really doing is connecting them and loving them and support, you know, it's, yeah, so I know we've got to do some more work actually <laughs> on this, um, which um, I know is on my list to come to you. Yeah. With that, um, so let's let's now just go on to this sort of fractional CMO because I find this a really fascinating area. This fractional stuff, or some people will call it interim. Um, you know, you've got the fractional CM, CIO, Chief Information Officer, CTO, CFO. Really brilliant concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are a fractional CMO. So whilst you can do your consultative work um, with individual companies, there are some people that will hire you to work as a as a fractional CMO. Can you explain how that works? Well, it's kind of like, you know, fractional CMO is like the, the umbrella term, really. But it's kind of if you think about it as a head of marketing. So it could be a couple of things. 
either you as a founder or a CEO just don't have time now with everything else that you've got on your plate to think about what that marketing strategy needs to be and who needs to implement it. So it could be, you know, you might know that you need to have outside help, an agency, you might need to, you know, increase your online presence or your PR or whatever it is, depending on the stage of growth that you're at. And you just haven't got the bandwidth. So you need somebody that's experienced enough without that huge overhead of a big salary. You know, hiring hiring people is a, a big overhead in the business. And it's, and it's hard, isn't it, to get the right people that you gel with. And so stuck with them as well. Yeah, and it's costly if it's not quite the right person. Yeah. So if you come in on a fractional basis, you know, you can come in as for a very specific reason. You know, you can come in with a, a, a project base in mind. You know, I've come in quite often into organizations where they may have more junior marketers, but they don't have the direction because obviously the founder or the CEO or whoever they were reporting to is just so busy. So coming in and stepping in and making sure that they've got the skills that they need, pointing them in the right directions, making sure that they're on target for doing what they need to deliver or what they've got everything they need to be able to deliver. And then also looking at what initiatives need to take place. You know, it's, it's one thing to just babysit the group and sort of monitor what's going on and look at the KPIs and see if they're getting growth. But it's also about, okay, what do we do next? So that's working, or this isn't quite working, or how can we, you know, promote this product or this line or, you know, this revenue stream? And it's all about the initiative, you know, and how we use the resources that we have effectively. And so do they tend to say this is a project, you mentioned a project, or do they hire, you know, I want you a day a week or you know, two days a week, or is it sort of you work out? Well, it can, fall, it can fall into two camps. One is that you either go in and you are uh, embedded in the team, so you're in there and you're in maybe twice a week or three times, three times probably not so much as a fractional, but you know, you're in a couple of times a week, just making you know, in that sort of senior leadership role. You're part of the company. You host the meetings. You make sure that everybody's doing what they're doing. You might do the daily stand-ups, even if you're not in the in the meeting every day. And then there's the other side, which is very, you know, project focused. You know, there may be a new product coming to market. Let's analyze. Let's see whether or not it's a goer, whether or not we should put some resource behind it. Let's create a strategy around it. Let's have a look at it. It sort of falls into those two camps, really. It's extremely powerful because, yeah, as you say, you know, all business leaders, whether they're founder or they're employed business leader, so busy. I mean, when I was doing this thing again yesterday and I asked what's the overriding emotion that people had and there was a choice of six things that went from being happy and calm through to stressed and overwhelmed and stress and overwhelmed was absolutely, you know, it was so obvious out of the 110 people that were there, that was the biggest, biggest challenges. And when you've got companies and individuals feeling that way, um, to actually be able to have somebody that you can just say, I need you to deal with this, must be really powerful but also I imagine also it might help you to review what your existing team is like in a way you know have we got the capability from maybe we brought somebody in three years ago when we founded but that person isn't quite we need yeah we may need something a bit more experienced and the other thing is I keep thinking back to like when I had that job there were times when I could have really just and I call it you know the service that I offer is like borrow my brain I could have really done with somebody who was not attached to the business, wasn't in competition with me for my job, but Mm. that I could just sort of maybe pay for an hour or two hours just to go, I just want to get this out of my head and go, 
a kind of a sanity check or even if it's like I know I need to hire a new agency or I need to sort of look at these two agencies side by side I haven't got time to do it I kind of want to pass that over but nobody in my team is experienced enough to be able to you know have a look at those sort of really difficult you know um, yeah. those very difficult decisions or have the experience to know what they're looking for as well yeah. some of those big key decisions. No, absolutely fantastic I love it so we've covered um stop your random acts of marketing please don't do that I just don't totally get that it don't really waste is. your marketing dollars or resources or power. yeah and you're just your capacity um to do anything um and monitor and to monitor whether or not it's working if you've got so many things going on um and then we've talked about, you know, the importance of your message. And, and as I said, you know, Carolyn has done a brilliant webinar um, keynote for us on that with our, with our members. And, um, and then this fractional CMO work. So been a brilliant conversation. And I hope if you've been listening in, I'm sure, well, if you've got this far, you've definitely been listening. I really appreciate you listening. I always think that attention is a product and to have your attention. And I hope this has given you a lot of value. Let me just tell you how you can find Carolyn. So obviously you can contact Thomas and I, we would connect you with Carolyn, but you can find Carolyn on LinkedIn, Carolyn Boddington. Carolyn is with the L-Y-N at the end. I hope I'm pronouncing it well enough for you to hear the Lynn bit. Um, but also your website, Carolyn, where would they find you? It's carolynboddington.com. Well, there you are, quite <laughs> nice, and nice and straightforward there. And, you know, knowing Carolyn as I do, she's a great networker. She's well connected um, and is not pushy. And so if anybody just wants to have a conversation with her, you've listened to this, you've got some worries, you've got some opportunities, you know, you're just thinking about something, then please do get in touch with Carolyn because I think you'll love getting to know Carolyn as we have over the years. So, Carolyn, thank you so much for today. That was absolutely yeah, brilliant adding huge value to our our space around helping people find great experts. So thank you. Thanks, Penny.